Our guests today are Julie Moritz, Associate Vice Chancellor, Patient and Family-Centered Care, University of Arkansas for Medical Sciences, and Kathy Vermock, Patient Experience Leader and Project Manager, University Health System Consortium. At the summit, Julie's plenary presentation is titled, Successfully Partnering with Patients and Families. Thank you both for joining us today. Great. Thanks so much, Sam. Let's begin with some self-introductions. Uh, let's go ahead and begin with Julie. Please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, I am, first of all, so delighted to be a part of this podcast today, uh, as well as this important summit to share my passion for patient and family-centered care. And I also want to thank Kathy uh, with UHC for asking me to share my journey uh, at the summit. Um, well, Sam, first let me say that I am very proud to be the Associate Vice Chancellor for Patient and Family-Centered Care, just as you introduced me. But more importantly, I am a family leader, and that's how I first became involved in this work. Um, I, I just have to say that healthcare was never my intended profession, uh, but when my youngest son uh, was born with congenital heart disease and faced 12 heart surgeries, my life changed. I am just simply a mom whose passion is fueled in the pursuit um, of better outcomes for patients and families. Um, clearly, this has been a challenging journey for me, but I am so honored to have been a part of the team uh, in Georgia that helped change the culture at our hospital so that patients and families could become partners in their care. And, you know, after working with this Georgia Hospital as the first chairman of the Family Advisory Council for five years. I always say they couldn't get rid of me, so they hired me as a hospital director that supported our patient and family-centered care efforts. And most recently, I had the honor of working with the Institute for Patient and Family-Centered Care for nearly seven years before assuming this new role um, here at the University of Arkansas for Medical Sciences. Thank you, Julie. That was great. This is Kathy, and let me just quickly introduce myself. I'm the leader for UHC's Patient Experience Improvement Initiatives. That means I work with university hospitals to, in leading collaboratives, in running projects, in doing educational programs to enhance patient and family-centered care, to improve the patient experience, and to increase engagement with patients and families. And just to briefly explain, UHC is a cooperative of 120 academic medical centers across the U.S. and their affiliates. And this year we've been invited to partner with the Cleveland Clinic in sponsoring the summit along with other leading healthcare improvement organizations. And our theme is on engaging patients and families in improving quality, safety, and service and enhancing the performance. I probably should have mentioned that we recruited, as Julie said, her and other um, university hospitals to speak at this summit. Um, when we uh, talk about the summit events, it tends to be that people really like to hear those two or three key ideas, uh, particularly if they're sort of takeaway ideas or central to their presentation. And, and I'll go back to Julie and ask, what are the two or three key ideas that you'll be talking about in your summit presentations? 
Sure, Sam. Um, Well, I plan to share how personal stories can really make a difference and affect change in hospital policies and practices that lead to improved clinical outcomes. I've witnessed how patients and families can be a part of this cultural change by simply sharing their stories. Um, These can be powerful, large changes, and even subtle changes. I think back to a situation where we had one of our patient advisors. um, We were in an advisory council meeting, and there was a physician there, and and this physician was talking about how we're going to cure MS, you know, how we're going to make life better for our patients with MS. But then one of our patients just simply raised his hand and he said, you know, doctor, that's great. I want you to cure MS, but right now I just want your staff to return my phone calls when I need a medication refill. And I just want uh, to be able to enter the restroom in my power wheelchair because right now I can't access that. So this is how patient stories can really affect change and make a difference here. Um, You know, we'll talk about some practical strategies for advancing patient and family-centered care and certainly practices that support authentic partnerships with patients and families um, as we begin to engage them more and more for these safer outcomes. Um, I, I think, thirdly, a key idea that I would really like to get across again is just um, to inspire healthcare colleagues to, again, develop those meaningful and effective partnerships um, across the continuum of care at all levels of the organization. And clearly, we don't need to reinvent the wheel. There are some tools and resources. are those tried and true resources? Kathy, what are your thoughts? Well, I think that a key takeaway, you know, our theme or our track is on engaging patients and families and improving quality and service. And so people have to recognize that patients and families are key stakeholders in the work that we do. They have unique perspectives, knowledge, experiences, and needs. And we have to recognize them as equal partners and members of the care team. And we have to share timely and transparent information with them and engage them in helping us improve care to get the best results. And the example you gave, Julie, was great. Um, I just thought of another one. We had a, a group of patient advisors at one of our member organizations. The organization had tried had designed a whole new cardiac facility. They had architects. They had decorators. They had all kinds of people all over the hospital look at the blueprints and look at the plans, and they thought it was wonderful. And then they showed it to some patients, cardiac patients, and they had chosen a water theme with fountains and fish uh, tanks and all kinds of beautiful, soothing water um, theme issues. And the patients came back and said, are you crazy? We're all on water pills. We're trying not to think about water, and now you're going to surround us with water. What are you doing to us? And so it's it's really important. These people are stakeholders, and they need to have their voice heard. You know, with every presentation, it seems like there's something that is a surprise or, or something that's unexpected in the information that's conveyed. And I wondered if there was a particular thing, Julie, that you would say that the audience would find most surprising or unexpected in this Well, you know, I've had the grand opportunity to travel to so many hospitals across the country when I worked with the Institute for Patient and Family-Centered Care. And I think for me the most surprising thing was that we find that clinicians and staff think that they are practicing patient and family-centered care, and they think that they are already engaging their patients and families. But 
you know, we find that that's not really the case. When they really listen to the patient's stories, they realize that, you know, they really weren't practicing this at all. Um, and, and some examples, you know, if we, if we ask, um, um, an example might be that if we ask family members if they can be with their loved ones at any time they desire, um, the staff might answer, well, yes. Certainly they can come, except for during nurse change of shift report between 7 and 8 a.m. and 7 and 8 p.m. Well, then we need to rethink what that really means because the purpose is to engage patients and families in bedside change of shift report so that they can be a part of that exchange of information. So sometimes our clinicians think that they are, quote, allowing their patients and families to be together when in reality we're presenting a barrier for that. Um, sometimes we might ask uh, staff or, again, our administrators, are we including patients and families on key committees? And they may say, well, actually, yes, we are, except for that quality committee or except for that medical board committee because we don't want to air our dirty laundry. Well, then again, we're not being transparent. We're not really using and working with our patients and families to their full potential. And to me, this is an opportunity to be transparent because our patients and families already know about that dirty laundry, and now it's really just time to bring them all together, to sit at the table shoulder to shoulder to determine um, the, the next steps and how to integrate change. And I really think it's humbling when our patients know more about an organization than those who run it. We need to rely more on our patients and families. Kathy? Well, thank you, Julia. That's that's really excellent. And I want to add to that that people are constantly surprised when they start talking to and listening to patients and families. Uh, one of our members was trying to make the hospital a more quiet environment, and they went out and they talked to patients and families, and they discovered that the hospital was most noisy on Friday afternoons. They had no idea. But, you know, you think about it. People are getting ready for the weekend. They're excited. They're all chatting. And so they it just raised their awareness and opened their eyes. And, um, you know, we constantly hear from folks that, well, we don't want to talk to patients and families. You mentioned airing the dirty laundry because, you know, they're going to be complainers and they're going to be suing us and they're going to be, you know, talking about us, talking trash about us out in, out in the community. And the big surprise is that it's exactly the opposite. When you actually treat people honestly, and you treat them with frankness, there's all kinds of data to show that you're less likely to get sued. People sue most frequently when, they're, when they think they've been hoodwinked, when they think that they've been lied to or manipulated in healthcare. They also um, find that a lot of people who are willing to engage as advisors are people who are really grateful to the medical center. They've received good care. They've received uh, improvement in their life or good care for their family members, and they want to take that experience and make it better and help other people. And so, honestly, when people make the jump and start actually talking to patients and families, listening to what they have to say, discussing things with them as equals, they're often surprised at what they hear back. And, you know, Kathy, I'd like to add to that, too. Um, you know, sometimes I think even those subtle things like signage can create those powerful first impressions. Um, you know, and I think that's what's surprising, too, when our staff really look and, and, and 
you know, take a closer look to see what this can mean for their organizations. Um, you know, and I encourage people to to really walk through their organizations and through the eyes of their patients and families um, because, you, again, example, signage. When we see signage that says, all visitors, pick up phone and dial one for permission to enter. Um, or when we see a sign that says, um, you know, here are the visiting hours and all these different visiting hours are listed. And, you know, this is sad but true because we know that this still exists and this language creates barriers in health care. And I think this is something that we have to own ourselves and our own organizations. But sometimes we're immune to this. We just don't see this. And I think that, Sam, is one of the most surprising and unexpected things that I've seen um, in health care really when we're talking about the patient experience and patient and family-centered care. If you can bring this down to, for those people who are planning to attend the summit and for those people who cannot be there, can you bring this down to your, your fundamental elevator speech summary? Uh, I'll begin with Julie and say, what is the single most important take-home idea that you have to share about patient experience? Well, clearly I would say that supporting patients and families to become meaningfully engaged in care requires a culture change for most of our healthcare organizations. But we've got to first equip our leaders, our clinicians, our staff with the knowledge and skills uh, to create and to protect a culture of inclusion that enhances our patient safety outcomes. And so I think in doing so, we must partner with our patients and families every step of the way, not only at the bedside and in clinical care, but in program and policy design. We are all in this together. Kathy? Well, thank you, Julie. I would say that, you know, you mentioned visitors. Patients and family, you know, families are not visitors in the life of the patient. If anybody's a visitor, it's us. But as you said, this needs a culture change. This needs a mindset change. Too often in healthcare, we talk about doing things to patients and for patients or designing and planning things around patients and families. But um, and, and frequently, the patient experience is designed for the convenience of the hospital and the doctors and the nurses. So we really have to change our mindsets and start recognizing patients and families as equal partners and engage them in enhancing health, quality, safety, and in improving the patient experience. Well, that's very well said and do appreciate your thoughts. Thank you both very much for your time and for sharing your valuable insights with our listeners. We've been speaking with Julie Moritz, Associate Vice Chancellor, Patient and Family-Centered Care, University of Arkansas for Medical Sciences, and Kathy Vermock, Patient Experience Leader and Project Manager, University Health System Consortium. 